imagine actually having a team of Galton, Miedema, Russo and Black Sunnies together. Keep up to date with the latest WSL action and the biggest interviews. I suppose 90 second minute, I've never scored a 90 second minute winner, I don't know what it feels like. Subscribe to the Koi Gig podcast stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Okay, at the launch of the 2022 Airgrid GAA Football Under-20 All-Ireland Championship was our MA Under-20 manager, Oshin McConville. Airgrid Ireland's grid operator is charged with delivering a cleaner energy future for Ireland. Uh, coach with our MA, uh, how are you finding the role, Oshin? Yeah, enjoying it. Um, it's it's much different, I suppose. It's it's nice being back involved with a, with a county setup, I suppose, done a good bit of club stuff, uh, also college um, stuff. So um, to be back involved with, you just look at, there's a, there's a certain step up and there's, the players really, really want to be there. You know, there's, there's, um, everybody's there, you know, 45 minutes before. Some of the players are there before you arrive in the train and stuff. So um, there's, there's a real, professional attitude to what is obviously an, an amateur sport but you can see just that that these guys really want to get to the next level Is that an RMAS specific thing at the moment Oshin or is that just with under 20s in general? I think it's with under 20s in general and <clears throat> anybody who looks at you know the physique and the conditioning of the under 20s and think back to Roscommon and Awfully last year and think about you know the, the physical demands that were on uh, both those teams and what was a game played at an absolutely ferocious pace. But um, think about you know how these lads are going to progress into uh, into the senior ranks, and it's it's a uh, it's pretty good experience as far as that's concerned. And I think you know the fact that they're involved in that county setup in in, in the first place, but also. Uh, football-wise and getting used to being able to take information on board and all that sort of thing. So it is a good springboard for anybody who wants to play um, inter-county football. I, don't, I certainly don't think that's just an AMA. I think that's that's a, uh, that's across a lot of counties. What's your role as training yourself? I take the majority of the on-field stuff. Um, Barry O'Hagan, um, who's along with me, he, uh, he does a lot of the logistics organisation and He's a very organised individual, and I'm probably the, the counter to that. <laughs> I do I do all the pit, the majority, not all the pitch stuff, the majority of pitch stuff, um, and that's what I like doing. That's that's the thing I've had a, a hunger to do for for um, some time. As much as you know, management is is the position you find yourself in, at the, even at club level. For myself, you know, I'm, I'm obviously within a scheme and and Mullen, and I find myself in there as manager. Uh, the part I really enjoy is like and I, I know you hear this all the time but I was actually listening to an interview with David Moyes the other day and he said you know what's the best part of the job and he says undoubtedly when you're just out in the pitch and you could you know you're just dealing purely with football issues when you're out there and that's that's you know the, the thing that that I like doing and I suppose the, the people who, who like coaching just like to be out there for that hour and a half or whatever it is and try and get those things across and try and bring them into the weekend and hope that um, some of those things are, are taken board and, and you can see some semblance of improvement in, in uh, week to week. How much has what you do on the training ground changed from when you first started coaching? I guess your first job was with Cross McGlenn, I guess, wasn't it? 
Uh, yeah, well, I've, I suppose I've been, I had college experience for the last maybe 11 or 12 years. So sure. And I went into that quite early, but again, it's a, it's a, it's completely different. It's it's a lot more part time for players and that. So, um, how has my coaching changed? I suppose it's more game specific than it ever has been because you don't need to waste that much time anymore with uh, you know, with the with the conditioning side of things. I mean, the majority of players are on you know, ready to train. And that's some testament to those players. Like, you know, in fairness, like I, I, I remember and could have even been one of those guys at times where, you know, you come back after a winter break and there's a bit of work to be done in order to get you to even to the level that you're able to train. And, uh, and just, so we're not wasting a huge amount of time on that anymore, which is, which is brilliant. So you can be a lot more game specific. So, uh, the three areas of the game what's probably our most important is you know the the restarts or the kickouts the 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 transition and the finishing and of things so you know they're the three areas that you mainly walk on but we try and if you have the opportunity and you have the time you can break that down even further but very much game specific for me from uh from probably we started and we started you know late december so Probably since since the middle of January, it's been very game specific and trying to get these guys to uh, to think about uh, playing in a slightly different way than they've been accustomed to. I'll pick one specific tactical question out of the air. Then your goalkeeper is he going to be running up the pitch? Is he going to be supporting play, or have you got a hard and fast rule on that as a as a coach? Uh, we we he has uh, we're lucky that. Uh, both goalkeepers that we have actually, but in particular Shea um, McGill, who's in goals for us, he uh, he's a bit of experience. He's already played in the in the Ulster Championship against Monaghan last year, so he has uh, a vast array of experience. Um, and we tend to let him. Well, this is this is the this is the line that I give him anyway. Is that you know he he's he's it's very much up to himself as far as you know how far he wants to go out the field, but. Usually, if he crosses the forty-five, you usually hear me bellowing from the sideline. Because <laughs> as much as I am trying to be as progressive as I can, on it, sort of, we're still that old school mindset somewhere stuck in the back of my head. It's kind of been. I feel the argument has changed a little bit over the last month. It, feel, it feels like last summer. It definitely would. You definitely would have been accused of being old school, for example, of saying that. Whereas now, it's like, no, the new way of thinking is that you can't go beyond your forty-five. And all that took was one uh one <laughs> Rory Beggan got turned over a few times and Kerry punished him. But I think it's something that's definitely gonna be here to stay. I think there's, there's there's certain goalkeepers who are obviously taking it to the next level and there's certain goalkeepers that are very much capable of taking it to the next level. But I do think there's a happy medium and I also think that if a goalkeeper is a lot more comfortable you know, if if you've got a goalkeeper who's like a really good shot stopper and his distribution is very, very good. Um, I think a lot of managers are now, you know, more than happy that that he that he spends a bit more time in his actual goals than he does, you know, out the field. But uh, the day of him just standing on his lane and you know taking the kickouts is uh, that's that's long gone. I even see the conditioning of the goal. You know, after I, I spent a lot of time, I think today talking about the conditioning of young lads, but uh, the conditioning even of the, of the goalkeepers as well, and and the way they have transformed, you know, body shape and. Um, how much more of the training they take part in than than they probably once did, as far as you know, speed off the mark and and uh, and just and just 
um, general fitness and strength. I wondered then what you said there a moment ago, just about how you're not doing any SNC with these guys anymore, that they're coming into under 20s, just so primed for action. I presume that's just giving these kids so much more of a head start when it comes to the intercounty scene. And maybe in the athletic grounds last Sunday, we, we saw exact evidence of that. Reen O'Neill versus David Clifford, two lads who had no problem whatsoever seamlessly slotting into a senior team. Yeah, I think, you know, when, you know, the SNC is all done more or less in their own time, you know, the county has provided a, a setup that now, you know, that, that, that they can prosper in that. I think um, we're lucky we have, we have Paul Gaffney in with us who does a lot of the, the S&C behind the scenes and a little bit of stuff on the pitch and stuff as well. So, uh, you know, they are primed and, and I think anybody who watched, you know, the likes of Rian and, and David Clifford last week, it's probably more the norm now. You know, mm-hmm. that's the uh, most gays who are coming into into that setup. Sometimes, you know, people ask me, you know, why certain players haven't made a breakthrough quicker than they have. And sometimes it just comes down to not enough birthdays. You know, people are progressing at, you know, a different a different stage. And some of them take to 22 and 23 before they're probably they've, they've probably grown into themselves and, and are ready to go physically. But you know, there's gays who are obviously, you know, ahead of the curve when it comes to that. And and the two guys you named are, are well ahead of that curve. And, <clears throat> and also, you know, the, the realisation now that you just won't survive just purely unconditional and, and you know, how you fill the jersey. But also, um, you know, the fact that, you know, you have to be, you know, adept at, at playing football now too. If you were our mass senior manager... Where would uh, where would Rian be playing at the moment? Or it it just feels sort of that there's a Michael Murphy esque debate that started to emerge around Rian that is uh, he's so good close to goal, and then like I was there on Sunday and he was coming out in front of us around the forty five quite a bit, still very effective out there. So so I'm not sure what 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 you're thinking yourself when you see that. Well, I think if I if I look at the first two games of the league and I look at the fact that, you know, we played the dubs and the dubs will give you an opportunity to play a little bit more, I think. Um, certainly around that time they were anyhow. And I think the fact that he was positioned at full forward for most of the game tells you everything you need to know. And then we played um, Tyrone in Armagh the following day and, you know, you were in Armagh the weekend so we realised that there's it's slightly more condensed and it even feels more condensed it probably feels more condensed than it actually is uh, when you're an Armagh. So uh, I think then, you know, when you're playing against a team that puts a lot of bodies behind the ball, I think uh, you get very frustrated very quickly in there. So I think that's when the rotation has to happen. But looking at an ideal world, in, in my ideal world, you know, Morphy will be full forward and, and Raheem will be playing the majority of his time in full forward. But uh, the way the game is now, you know, you could spend a lot of time in there and not uh, see much ball. So I think he's pro- he's probably even at the stage where he's dictating a lot of a lot of uh, where he ends up himself, considering the amount of ball he gets early on. But um, floating between the middle of the field and 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 full forward, I'd be happy enough with it at the minute. I presume you would have experienced something not dissimilar to that—that that level of patience that's required to to just stay inside and to to just wait for your moment. Yeah, um, but it's even got it's got a lot worse since since I was playing. I mean, you know, the, like like the the thing with uh, forwards and particularly corner forwards now is that they almost need to make the most of every single opportunity that they have. Um, like I think that opportunities will come along a lot 
Thicker and a lot faster, you know, when I played. So, you know, there was the opportunity to kick an odd wide here and there and or maybe not just have that first touch that, you know, we have. But now it seems to be just, you know, uh magnified everything, every little mistake that you that you make in there. And it's a very it's probably an unforgiving place to play now. Um, but but the importance of having somebody that's willing to stay in there and maybe only see, you know, three four balls in each half of the game, you know, is uh, they those sort of guys are, are worth the weight in gold. And I often look at I often look at Tyrone down through the down through the years or maybe not down through the years, but for seven or eight years there. And um I always thought to just the, the only thing they're missing is just one, you know, top class forward away from winning all Ireland. And McCurry filled that void last year because he was exactly what it said in the thing. He just wanted to, he just wanted to score. You know what I mean? He just wanted to be in the end of things. And if you have somebody in there who's sort of a little bit selfish like that, because um, everybody all of a sudden, I felt three and four and five years ago, everybody had gone from wanting to get in the end of things to wanting to be the provider, to wanting to be, you know, to um, pull the strings at 11 or whatever, you know, on the half forward line or the middle of the field. I mean, like, I remember jumping on the bus <laughs> going to a college match one day and I didn't know a lot of the players in the bus so I just asked them to, to fill out a form and, and see what position what the preferred position was and I had 28 in the bus and 19 of them said half back and the reason right. the reason why they said half back was because at the time it was a fairly easy position to play because you could go forward knowing that there was plenty of protection behind you and there wasn't a lot of onus on how you marked man so uh, football has evolved even even more since that, you know, and not that long ago. So, just having that that player inside who's just that little bit selfish and just wants to be in the end of things and wants to uh, get scores is is absolutely essential. And as I say, probably the main reason why Throne ended up winning All Ireland last year because every time you looked up, there was somebody in Throne full forward line, and it's usually McCurry. Yeah, are you looking across at Throne this year? Think to yourself, they have. A similar chance, or have the departures made you reconsider that? The departures definitely have, an effect, have had an effect there, but I do think that a lot of the young lads, in fairness, who have come in in an environment that probably wasn't as great as some of the boys in, in the past, in that, you know, there's, there's Toronto still seem to be playing catch up as far as fitness and that goes. Um, but some of the young lads have been like Monroe and a few of those guys who have come in um, have been, I think, very, very impressive. And, uh, I still think Toronto have as good a chance as they had last year. I think uh, Toronto had a, 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 at different times had a lar- large slice of the luck. I mean, Monaghan could have beat them in an Ulster final. So, um, but I still think Toronto have a great chance again this year because I, th- I actually think that the, that as much as the field hasn't narrowed any as far as the, the teams that are that are in contention, uh, I think that, that it has leveled. Does that, if that makes any sense in that? Yeah. Those five or six teams um, all seem to be in and around each other. Like you, even when the, it was going well for the Dubs, you never felt they were that far away from again just throwing themselves back into contention. And people would say yeah, probably after the last three games that they have done exactly that. Yeah, it's going to be a great season for sure. I just wanted to ask you about the college. You mentioned it a couple of times, and I know this story is about a month old at this point, Oshim, but I'm just keen to, to chat to you a little bit about it anyway, about what happened with the, the Trench Cup final. For anybody who missed this, um, you were a manager of DKIT, you are manager of DKIT, and you had to pull out of the, the, the final of the Trench Cup because 
your players were playing that weekend in the National League. It was uh, an unbelievable, unbelievably honest thing to do. Uh, I think a lot of people maybe would have would have talked to talk, not actually walked the walk, and it actually came to it. What I'm interested in is is what happened afterwards. Was was there ever any communication with the powers that be in the competition or anything like that to say, listen, how do we listen to what you're saying here and try and avoid this in the future? Yeah, we 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 were we were taken to a disciplinary meeting, and uh, I wasn't I wasn't at the disciplinary meeting, but um, we had college representatives there, and uh, and they told us in no uncertain terms what they thought of us, and we told them what we thought of the situation, and uh, we were told that you know there was there was no way that it would be replayed. Not that we ever not that we ever dreamt it would. When we made that decision, we knew that. That, that was it. It was it was a terminal thing. It wasn't like a a, a, a Tyrone last year where you know it was it was a bit of a chess move. It wasn't like that. It was we we knew that we wouldn't be able to play the game, but there's no way after training <clears throat> and walking with Gage the whole year that uh we could go into a game missing nine players and be expected to play. Uh, we've taken a bit of heat. I've taken a bit of heat personally. Um and I understand there's two sides to every story. Um but uh, from our point of view we had to after the players, our players, um, we had to listen to them, and uh, we had spoken loads of times. Because at college level, you, you don't really get the chance to train a lot. I mean, you're not you're not walking these guys. They're being pulled in so many different directions, and you know, along with that, they've got studies, they've got part time jobs. There's just a lot going on for them. And uh, we actually had done a bit of bit of stuff around mental health and the ability to say no. Uh, probably about two weeks before that. So again, as you say, like we we had the we had to walk the walk, but the, the the decision itself was was purely from the players. We left the decision to the players. You know, as you know, what do you want to do? Do you want to um, do you want to go and play with the guys? And and to a man, you know, nobody wanted to go. That was including uh, the guys who weren't on intercounty panels um, or were on intercounty panels. It didn't matter. To a man, every one of them said that uh, they weren't playing without their teammates. And I completely took that on board and completely understood it. But that wasn't my decision. At the end of the day, it had to come from the college. Because um, I'm only, all I'm doing is I'm doing a job in that college and I'm representing the college. But this decision that came from the players and then the college made, made the ultimate decision in the end. Do you think that you would have got a bit more, a bit more of a, a kind of a, a warm ear? Has, uh... Had it been Sigerson Cup as opposed to Trench Cup, did you feel that maybe the fact that it wasn't the, the top tier competition went against you in terms of being heard out? No, it just oh, and it just wouldn't have happened at Sigerson level. Right. That's the thing, and, right. and the way this the way the Sigerson was planned out, the way it was played on the Wednesday nights was absolutely ideal for everybody. Uh, give a real opportunity and a chance to uh, to for young lads to represent the college without uh, interfering with. Um, Without interfering with with what was going on at intercounty level, because as regardless of you know college or how, how much sometimes it's hard to stomach. At the end of the day, intercounty football is where it's at, or intercounty hurling. That's what players want to do. They, they don't want to jeopardize jeopardize that in any way. I'm, I'm, you don't want to jeopardize that for them. But I think the big thing is that you know if it was facilitated in a certain way for Sigerson, and that wasn't. Uh, passed down through to to Trench Cup, so I mean, it, it's not a question because it just wouldn't have happened. Yeah, and what sort of heat did you take? 
well, my integrity was questioned and all those sort of things and that, you know, we were looking to move and we knew exactly what, you know, it was when the competition started. We did, but we had we had flagged this up very, very early, as we had done a number of years ago. We'd flagged it up early. Actually, a number of years ago, we'd flagged it up that early that, you know, it was it was it was changed. It was not it wasn't a new problem. Um and we we felt that there was a there was a great opportunity to change it, but um that never happened and there was an acceptance on our part that that it wasn't going to happen as much as it was disappointing. And do you think that that change could, could happen in the next couple of years, like to, to save this college season? Because it seems that this has become quite a talking point regularly now. Yeah, and I love it. It'd be different if it wasn't it's a fairly simple fix. I mean, just run both say, both competitions in parallel with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it seems that it's fairly straightforward. Listen, Oshin, great chatting to you. You were speaking at the, the launch of the 2022 Airgrid GA Football Under-20 All-Ireland Championship. He is, of course, uh, the Armagh Under-20 manager, Oshin McConville. Airgrid, Ireland's grid operator, is charged with delivering a cleaner energy future for Ireland. Oshin, take care. Good to chat to you. Oh, thank you.